1: Let's get started.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week. Just a reminder you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio. And as always, you can download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Look for Press This on the left hand side. In this interview, I get to interview someone I've known for quite a while, actually been somewhat influential in my career, Mr. Andy Beal.
3: Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, David. It's good to be here. Good chatting with you.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Excited to have you here today. And for those of you that don't know Andy, um, Andy has been uh, a mentor of mine over the years. I want to thank him for that. A pioneer in the space of online reputation management. He founded uh, one of the top 10 marketing blogs of its time, Marketing Pilgrim, which he subsequently sold to Neil Patel, And he created, founded a reputation management solution called Tracker. And then in today's episode, we're going to be talking about using guest posting to grow your brand and supercharge your reputation. And, uh, you know, I thought that was an important topic to cover on the show because, you know, the show focuses on WordPress. But, of course, a lot of people making things in WordPress are trying to grow their own personal brand and grow their business And then they're also deploying uh, blogs and publications that might leverage guest posting as a strategy. Um, So that'd be good to kind of bring Andy on the show today. So Andy, you know, it's funny. I ask our guests on the show... What is your WordPress origin story? How did you get started with that? And it's kind of funny because my WordPress origin story actually involves guest posting on Marketing Pilgrim. That was the first time I had ever used WordPress. So I'm kind of curious, Andy, what is your origin story for WordPress? How did you first uh, connect or start using WordPress?
3: That's, a, that's actually a really good question because it was uh, kicking and screaming, really, because Marketing Pilgrim started off on the blogger platform. Um, that's what I was used to. My previous blog was Search Engine Lowdown, and I'd used the Blogger platform, so Blogspot. And so Marketing Pilgrim was about a year old, and I wanted to get a, a really slick, professional design for it. So I hired a um, a blogging de- uh, des- designer and developer to help me with it, and he was the one to convince me that I would be better off switching to WordPress. And I'm glad he did. It took some encouragement, but we, as part of the relaunch, we switched to WordPress, and then I've never looked back.
2: That was a good decision, Andy, especially for this show and its audience, um, but obviously having control of your destiny, I'm guessing, was probably part of that, too, not not relying on the blogger platform to dictate what you can and can't do, um, and of course, I know that's changed over the years, um, so kicking and screaming, I think that's the first time anyone's given that answer here on the show. Uh-huh. Um, But you landed there, and that was good. So, you know, again, I referenced earlier that, you know, one of the key moments in my career was becoming a guest poster on Marketing Pilgrim, right? You never know what's going to come of things. And I remember the first um, guest post I did, it was on Panama invading Europe, the Panama ad platform of Yahoo. Um, And... You know, you had put a call out. I'm trying to remember if social was even a thing then. But you put a call out somewhere looking for guest posters and I had responded to that. Um, so tell me about that program. Like, why did you start a guest posting program, a marketing Pilgrim? Was it because you were lazy or did you have some sort of strategic uh, mission there?
3: Yeah, it's probably because I was lazy. It's probably part of it. Um, That's what I assume. <laughs> well, because I, I, I didn't pay down. anybody. We were you, you didn't get paid. I mean, I think. I probably, if I recall correctly, I I probably just posted to the blog. I mean, you're right, social media wasn't really a thing. So if I wanted to get an announcement out, uh, it was usually through the blog, which then went to either email or RSS. So um, I wanted to have just a few more voices, maybe help share the load a little bit. And then back then... You know, there was no such thing as no follow. And so I could dangle in front of all of my marketing and SEO friends that, hey, come write for me and I'll give you a link. And so we would do a little footer and I'd let you have uh, your little bio with uh, a link to the resource of your choosing. And so there was the, the enticement of a link. But then also, like you mentioned, we were one of the top marketing blogs for many years and. Um, You know, Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, they all invited me out to cover their latest news. I got to meet with um, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, and all of the top executives that are out there. So, there's a, you know, I'd like to think there was a prestige of writing for Marketing Pilgrim. And so, if you were one of our guest writers, which I was very picky about, so congrats, you you made it through. you got to say, hey, I'm a writer for Marketing Pilgrim. And that really, I know a number of folks that uh, really got a good start with their career and became went on to become amazing experts in their field, um, probably because they were smart enough to see that there was an opportunity there to be a guest writer on, a, on a, an established platform, which is always a, a really good idea to look for those.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Right at the beginning of that, you said you didn't get paid. I, I definitely did not get paid. But I would definitely say that I got a ton of value from that, Um, leveraging that opportunity and that voice to get other opportunities and other chances to kind of share my voice. Um, I thought it was instrumental in in getting me speaking at national conferences like PubCon and just having that um, pedigree in a sense um, was actually super helpful for gaining influence in areas that were helpful for my career. So, so you didn't pay me money, Andy, but I think you definitely paid me in value.
3: Well, yeah. thank you. And I think, you know, I went through the same thing, right? Uh, I, I started off before I had my own blogs. I was a guest writer for Search Engine. Uh, what was it? Search Engine Guide or something like that. Search Engine Guide and Web Pro News back in the day. And, you know, I'd write guest posts myself. And, t- and then I got my first speaking gig. And then, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's launched many a, a career, certainly in the marketing space.
2: So you talked a little bit earlier that you didn't do it just because, uh, not, not that you were lazy, but you didn't do it because you were lazy. Um, and it had some benefits to you to get additional content, I'm guessing, get some additional audiences from some of these influencers. But what were some of the benefits that you felt it provided to the publishing business of Marketing Pilgrim?
3: Um, variety in voice, um, you know, different blogs have different voices, um, variety of content. Um, What was of interest to some people, you know, especially back then I wasn't much of a paid search guy So you probably even with your first post you dived into more detail on Yahoo's Panama Platform more than I would have Um, So there's a variety of voice Um, There's only so much that I can cover. Uh, I was writing four or five posts a day, which was quite a lot and so, yeah, just, uh, you know, a number of different benefits that we were getting from having uh, different writers. And then later on, we would actually go on and I would actually have like a number of people that would write for me over the years on a consistent basis um, and, you know, uh, follow me from one blog to another, actually.
2: All right. That's, that's really interesting. So the variety of voice allowed you to focus on topics in other areas, which of course helped you gain an even bigger audience. Uh, That's an interesting uh, kind of benefit that might not be intuitive when you start talking about guest posting, uh, but that does make a lot of sense. So you implemented this program, you did a call out on the blog, uh, people like me responded and became guest posters. What mistakes did you make doing in all this? How did you really like mess it up?
3: Oh, good question, how did I mess it up? I don't know, uh, you know, just kind of making sure I give the right direction as to what we were looking for, um, the topics that we wanted to focus on versus things that were more off topic. So I've kind of done a better job of uh, over the years of doing that. Um,
2: I don't know. know. It's funny you you talk about the guidance, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I did a guest post on, Search Engine Journal with Lauren Baker uh, Mm -hmm. a few months ago, and their onboarding process for guest posting was the most intense I had ever seen. And there was no question that you were going to produce something that was in line with their mission and the topics they wanted to cover and their strategies around content length and image strategy and linking and everything else. Um, And I could I could read between the lines that they had gone through um, a lot of bad experiences in the past that had kind of helped inform those guidelines. So I guess not having a plan for onboarding those guest posters and pointing them in the right direction sounds like your mistake. Does that sound about right?
3: Possibly. But, you know, not to sound like I'm old and reminiscent, things were different back then, David. You know, people were not abusing uh, guest posting, and you didn't have to worry about the insertion of, you know, suspicious links, and uh, you didn't have to worry about somebody getting paid behind the scenes to write a post for an, a marketing agency, you know, uh, like, like all good things, us marketers, we tend to kind of like create black hat markets out of really good things, so maybe I was just a little bit lucky because uh, everything was so nascent back then, and you know, today I would certainly have things a lot more buttoned up, that's for sure.
2: All right. That's good advice. So Andy, we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, I'm going to dive into some things, uh, you observed that might've been, uh, really clever that some of the guest posters did that drew value. Uh, But everybody hang tight and we'll be right back.
1: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more press this in just
3: a
0: moment.
1: Catholic charities is committed to providing life's basic needs.
0: We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are, and we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them.
1: Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more.
4: Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget.
3: I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision,
4: especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age.
5: It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game.
3: (laughs) Oh, Archibello!
5: Learn more at brainhealth.gov.
1: Let's press forward with more Press This, only on Webmaster WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing online reputation management OG Andy Beal about using guest posting to grow your brand and supercharge your reputation. And Andy, right before the break, you were sharing how guidelines for guest posters is super important. Make sure they're not backdoor linking and um, following your content guidelines. Um, So I'm kind of curious, through your guest posting program that you had through Marketing Pilgrim, um, what clever things did you see people do when they were guest posting? Like, did they have any techniques or or cover any topics that kind of surprised you? Like, what were the clever things they did that might not be obvious?
3: I think the headlines are probably the most important thing of any blog post, and I still believe that today. And if you look at social media, it's really amplified the importance of clever headlines. And so, um, one of the things, even to this day, when I work with a, a guest writer or somebody that just writes for me in whatever capacity, I'm always looking at editing and providing feedback on the headlines. So the writers that did really well for me were the ones that were clever with their headlines. So, uh, you know, again, going back to your original post, uh, you know, making it sound like, the, you know, Panama is invading Europe, you know, that kind of thing that would get attention, get people wondering what's going on. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've written many articles about the importance of headlines and also the importance of not necessarily having static headlines, right? So you have a headline that's uh, to, to, to peak interest, then you have a headline that you change out a few weeks later for the search engines. So there's I think those that, were, that realized the importance of the headlines uh, Really stood out to me um, Those that kind of inserted images because even back then, you know, we you know marketing pilgrims started in 2005 So even back then having images weren't so important for what shows up on Twitter or Facebook sharing um the open graph information but it was important just for capturing interest when someone's just you know looking through their different tabs so those are a couple things that really stood out i also really appreciated really concise articles now danny sullivan and search engine land those guys are amazing and you know the best in the business but completely different. Danny and I have always been at the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what we look for in writers and how we write. Danny likes to go into immense detail, really lengthy articles. Um, I'm the too long, didn't read kind of guy that writes like 400 words and tries to get as much information as possible. So those writers that kind of match that style, match my style, ended up matching the vision of Marketing Milgram. And those that actually read the site prior to coming on board as guest writers like yourself, so you, you read the site, you knew what I was looking for, you knew the style, you fit in perfectly, you got all the opportunities to guest post.
2: Oh, that makes sense. You know, and it's funny, the, so one of the tips in the search engine journal onboarding was big, long article. Um, and it's funny to hear people take those different approaches. Of course, there's all kinds of different readers, I guess, too. So maybe yeah. uh, there's there's something for everyone there. Um, so titles, uh, obviously very important. It's funny you mentioned that tip of write a title for social and have a different title perhaps in the long term for search. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really interesting observation. I guess I haven't heard that one before, uh, but it does seem to make a lot of sense um, kind of on a surface. So that was really interesting and helpful. So you know, I mentioned earlier that you were one of the original people kind of talking about online reputation management. And um, I'm just curious how you view the role of guest posting in ORM. Um, how, how do you view people leveraging guest posting to make sure their reputation in search engines and other places is in good shape?
3: It's it's a pretty good tactic, and it's one that uh, I recommend for a number of clients. Not everybody, but those that have good penmanship and have, uh, if not the existing um authority in a field then at least want to be an authority in the field because you will always reputation management you always want to kill two birds with one stone you don't ever want to do something just to try and repair your reputation or just to try to improve something in google you always want to have a bit a legitimate business reason for doing it otherwise you'll get bored or otherwise it just won't stick so having you know having a strong desire to actually become an expert in your field is a really good reason to use guest posting for your reputation, because you'll be writing these articles, you'll be getting them shared. Now, a lot of people, they'll say to me, well, I wrote this article for XYZ, but it's, you know, how do I get this to rank for my name? And I'll be like, well, you're probably not, because you wrote the article about some topic that's got nothing to do with you. It's just so happened, you wrote the article. However, keep writing these articles. Keep establishing yourself as an expert. And if you don't already, insist that you have an author's bio page that somebody can click through to see all of your articles because that is the page that you're going to promote for reputation management because that's where you're going to get an opportunity to write about yourself. You're going to have a nice title tag, H1, description, all with your name in it. And if you write a lot of good quality articles, the, your, even your bio page will get linked to, even if that's just from links from within the site itself, and that's the page that we can leverage for your reputation. However, like I said, write, write these articles in a way that people will read them and say, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. He is an expert in that particular field, and you kill two birds with one stone.
2: Yeah, I like how you're recommending that people focus on the outcome of influence rather than filling up slots in the search engine for their name. Um, It's kind of like the SEO tip of right for the user, not for the search engine.
3: Absolutely.
2: Um, And, you know, I think that's that's really, really good advice. You know, it's funny on my name and I've, you know, Marketing Pilgrim's author page um, took up my uh, slot, you know, SERP for my name for years while I was up. And I think even now in my name, it's my author bio pages on different places I've guest posted that fill out many of those slots. So that's helpful, I think, for me to make sure that what's ranking is positive. I don't have anything negative to rank, so I don't have a big problem with that. But um, I'm c- kind of curious how this played into the advantage for you as the publisher. Um, did having those rankings for individuals' names, as they became more popular and influential outside of Marketing program? Did that help Marketing Pilgrim grow to have that SEO presence?
3: Uh, well, you'd probably like for me to say yes, because it would make, it would I make would all like of our right yeah, yeah, it, writers to say, yeah, there, well, yeah. Actually, you know, your your expertise and your knowledge of a particular topic is what was the value. The actual articles you wrote were the value. I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, I probably by the time, and this is, this is a compliment, because by the time – you guys got to the point where your name was synonymous with a particular field or industry you were too good too good too well known to to continue writing for free for marketing people or other sites so you would go off you'd have your own blog, you'd get paid or whatever it was. And so we became, you know, you outgrew us. So by the time you became to the point where you had this name recognition, you had outgrown Marketing Pilgrim. So we probably didn't get to see the benefit of that. But just your your expertise, the the posts that you were writing, that was all that was all helping. Now, there probably was, well, I know there was a secondary benefit of Marketing Pilgrim Being able to say that we have six, seven, eight writers for us because that gave us credibility in the space that we were large enough to, uh, you know, have these writers that were writing for us. And so that kind of really helped us in that way, because now people are looking at us going, well, this is a pretty good sized publication if they got six people writing for them. And they didn't know. Nobody knew that you guys weren't getting paid. So, yeah, there was that there was that secondary benefit to our reputation.
2: Okay. So having a, a crowd, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd, right? Having a, a group of experts there helped kind of bolster the reputation of the publication. Um, but, but whether or not the author's bio page was this big SEO play, likely not, um, or at least not enough value that you paid a lot of attention to it or made it a strategy.
3: Probably had a little bit of benefit, too, in terms of the links that you guys were building because, you know, you were probably in your bios elsewhere saying guest writer for Marketing Pilgrim and linking to your bio page. So we were probably getting some links elsewhere, but I wouldn't say that was like a, a huge benefit to us from from that perspective. No.
2: So link building is an advantage, I guess, if you happen to have some, you know, Elon Musk or something and you have a bio page and you rank for his name. It's a That's windfall, different. but, but yeah. not likely a uh, pull all the stops. And this is exactly what we're going to work on for the next month is optimizing our bio pages.
3: Right. For your benefit, it would be helpful. Right. So for the individual. Yes. At, you know, working on, op, you know, getting an optimized bio page so that when you write your articles and they get shared, your bio page shows up when someone's Googles your name. But if you're the actual publisher, eh, I wouldn't worry about optimizing the bio pages or looking for any benefit from those particular bio pages as the publisher.
2: Now, you're a, a very successful person at this, Andy. I would imagine a lot of people out there are trying to, uh, to trim those edges and get as much uh, efficiency as they can out of their link building and traffic building. Um, but you're right it it, it 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 sounds like it doesn't have this huge overarching effect and so no, don't sweat it but do a good job at it is what it sounds like
5: sounds
2: good um, well I do want to dive into some of the SEO stuff you know you you touched on some of the SEO concerns and strategies around guest posting um, and so what I want to do is we're going to take a quick break when we come back I want to dive into SEO and guest posting so everybody hang tight and we'll be right back
1: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more. Press this in just a moment.
4: There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. Webmasterradio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business to business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes,
2: search vendors.
1: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience <laughs> Let's press platform
5: forward with for more WordPress. Press this Power only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm. All right,
2: everybody, welcome All back to, to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. Features. This is WP your host, you David Vogelhoff, and I'm interviewing away. Andy Beal and today, today about using guest hosting to grow your business
1: right before the break. Andy was
2: talking about the role of... Uh, guest posting with online reputation management and we were discussing a little bit about seo during that and i wanted to kind of dig a little deeper here because you pointed out earlier in the show that one of the big drivers for people in the early days was getting backlinks to their site i could guest post and get a link to my site in some way um so i'm kind of curious like how has that evolved how do you view that now what should people watch out for if they have seo as part of their guest posting strategy
3: well, I think publishers are a little bit more uh, cautious because you know they, they, whether they've been burned or not, they've been warned by Google that they can get burned. So you know they're you know a lot more no-follow links. So it's it's definitely a lot tougher. So I think that you know you sh- likewise you should be careful as a as a guest poster to not try and um, you know insert links to people that are paying you money on the side in order for you to write guest posts at, at, at influential outlets, because ultimately that can come back to bite you. It can come back to haunt you, you know, in terms of like maybe if Google kind of pieces it all together. And um, so you, you really need to write these guest posts because You want to position yourself as an expert. You want to call out quality content, and then just let everything kind of flow from there. So it's kind of like, you know, when you go to a conference. You and I both go to a lot of conferences, and when you see a speaker get up and do a sales pitch, people immediately tune out or walk out the door. Um, Now the speaker might think that they're doing their best job because they're you know getting their product out there, but you really want to you really want to demonstrate that you're given so much information away for free that you're sharing so much knowledge the the person's like, wow, if they're if that's what they're sharing in their guest posts, if that's what they're sharing in their talk for free, then if I was to hire them, I wonder how much more value I'd get. I wonder if, if and I wonder what products they offer because they must be really good products. So let your expertise do the selling for you. And, and then that will builds you the SEO benefits and, and you know, the, the marketing and branding benefits. You definitely want to get an author, uh, author's bio page where you can get a link back to your site. And I think if it's on your bio page, then you definitely should be pushing to get a, a followed link. That shouldn't be no followed but just be careful about falling into this trap. And I know there's a black market for this. I've seen it in action where there are guest posters that write on big networks. But you see and you end up seeing a backlash like was it Huffington Post that shut down all of their guest po- guest articles because there's just this black market for people that will pay good money to have an article that's uh, thinly uh, veined in terms of like uh, this is about a particular topic, but it's really just a, s- a promotional piece for whichever client is paying the, paying the right money.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously staying away from the uh, the paid link ecosystem is a valuable piece of advice for anyone that wants to build a sustainable business. Um, so for those that aren't like heavy into SEO, you referenced that on a bio page, it's pretty safe to have a follow link mm-hmm. in the post itself relative to like a bio author, uh, an author of a, bi- a bio of an author. Um, that those and and links to the author's site within the article, that it's best to know, follow those. And that's both for the benefit of the publisher and the author. Is that correct?
3: You know, I wouldn't even worry too much about that. Uh, If it's in a bio, the problem is you're just not going to find a lot of publications that are going to give you the link on the actual article article itself, right? That, you know, that that it's going to mostly be an, it's going to link to your bio page now, if they do give you, you know, a, an author's bio at the bottom of your page, then I wouldn't worry about it being fo- uh, being uh, followed. I mean, if you can get that, that's fine. Now, you, people can argue that ah, oh, you don't want to have multiple. Uh, posts with the same templated bio at the bottom because it's duplicate content or it'll look like it's spam but the search engines will figure it out i'm always a big believer in look if there is a legitimate reason for something being there the search engines will figure it out don't worry if you have any um hidden motives ulterior motives for something that you're using or linking to then yeah you should you know that's when you need to worry that some point is going to come back and bite you but as long as you just have a link to, a, you know, a regular looking link, you know, if you're now if you link, if you if you push for a, some kind of weird link text, like, you know, number one in I, iTunes, uh, iPhone ringtones or something like that as the, as the anchor text, then, yeah, that's going to look really suspicious and probably going to get flagged. But if it's just a link to your, your personal name, to your personal site or a link to your business site, have at it. Go ahead and try and get the followed link.
2: You know, it's funny to hear you give that advice, you know, all the things I've learned over the years from people like you and conferences and, you know, reading articles about SEO and all the technical things I know about it. My underlying philosophy is do the right thing, uh, write for the user and trust. And I've never had a site penalized following that model. Um, if I haven't necessarily followed all the ins and outs of a particular piece of SEO advice, um, if, if you follow this kind of golden rules, then generally speaking, you're going to come out in a good spot.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And then uh, there's also the case of like we're playing kind of almost uh, SEO brinkmanship with the search engines as well. They tell us what we shouldn't do and how for how much of that do we want to believe they can actually police and monitor but if you're doing it with the right intentions, then I, I always tell my clients, look, whatever you do, it ne- needs to pass the manual review test. And that is, let's say Google were to do a manual review of this particular tactic you're implementing. Can you give an account of a legitimate business reason why you did it that does not include trying to get better rankings on Google. If you can do that, whether that's subdirectories or whether that's duplicate content or whether that's whatever it may be, if you can if you were to get a manual review and you could basically swear on the stand that, hey, this was not to gain Google, then go for it. But if if there's any reason why you did this because you were trying to get more rankings, better rankings, more content index, whatever it is, then probably it's not, not a smart tactic to begin with.
2: Yeah, that's kind of, and I'm I'm trying to remember the specific fallout around the no follow kind of guidelines from Google when they first started harping on that. But that was one of the problems I had with it was that, you know, a lot of those publishers were just trying to create good content for their audiences. And, It's helpful to link back to the author independent of search engines. It's helpful to encourage their business and give them traffic from your audience and to punish those publishers in a sense for not having those no follows. Like that didn't sit right with me because I felt like there were a lot of those guest posting scenarios where backlinking made all the sense in the world and it was fine. Uh, But, you know, Google had kind of expressed at that time and I think even still Um, that 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 kind of has some gaming signals to it. And and to your point, because of the brinksmanship of others kind of pushing that edge and pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and then then having, of course, to react to those scenarios.
3: Well, if you remember correctly, you know, we got – We got shafted by Google on nofollow because nofollow was presented to us as uh, like uh, something we could use in the comments section because spammers would come along and they would drop these links. And we wanted to say, hey, this is on our page. We don't want to vouch for it. Google comes along on its shining white horse and says, hey. We got this no follow thing, use this no follow and you won't vouch for these links. You'll get to keep all your link juice, Da da da. So we are like, yay, Google, you've saved us from leak, leaking link juice and from potentially getting into trouble with all these spammers. And then Google's like, okay, so now that you've agreed, this is a really cool idea. How about you go ahead and put that no follow on the links that you have uh, in the posts themselves. And while you're at it, those ads that you've got on the side, those banner ads, go ahead and put a no follow on that as well. And all of a sudden we're sitting there going, wait a minute, we have absolutely been duped here so whether that was intentional from the outset or not to kind of uh you know get us trapped in that i don't know but that's certainly what nofollow was you know from from my experience early on that's kind of what it morphed into
2: well thanks andy that was really helpful and i really enjoyed interviewing to you today um you know we're out of time now on the show but i really wanted to thank you uh for
3: joining us Oh, it's a pleasure, and it's always a good—it's always good to end on me saying that Google shafted us. So that's a—that's a fantastic for uh, my reputation. But no, I love Google. But uh, a pleasure to be on this show. There's a lot of cool uh, topics that you guys are covering. We're, you know, WordPress is a fantastic platform. Blogging is a great resource for building your reputation. So I hope a lot of folks will consider that. As is, guesting, uh, uh, being a guest on a podcast like this—it's another great way to build your brand.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Andy. And if you want to keep up with what Andy's up to, check out andybeal.com, B-E-A-L.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Press This This WordPress Community Podcast. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
4: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent
5: of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.